Hi, everyone. Welcome to Merch Money. We're so excited today to have Jay and Dee on with us. Talk Yay. about Etsy. <laughs> yes. Um, so we'll go ahead and go around like normal, just introduce ourselves and uh, just say one thing that we're uh, proud of this week or, or what we're working on this week. Um, so I guess I could go first real quick. Um, Helen Kinson, Merch Boss. I set up my Etsy store finally this week, partly because I knew Jay and Dee were going to be on, and I had my first Etsy sale today. <laughs> so finally, I know I'm uh, way behind the eight ball, but I was so focused on uh, merch this year, but I'm uh, Etsy is going to be way up there in my uh, priorities in 2019, so I'm, I'm excited awesome. about that. Awesome. So, all right. Bree, you want to go? Sure. What's up, guys? I'm Brianna Muller-Green, co-owner of designfordollars.com, also known as Merch Maverick here on the show. Um, holy crap. Like, busy Q4. Um, I'm shipping stuff out. I'm uploading designs. I'm just, I'm just a mess. Um, <laughs> and, of course, um, you know, it's a good thing to have too many sales and have – too much action but like i think i kind of like took that to another level a little <laughs> a little bit so i have been kind of like stepping back a bit and like cleaning up etsy listings cleaning up amazon listings gone wild like i had like fourteen thousand listings to reprice that were print on demand today so i had to figure that one out um so I, you know, I'm just doing doing my thing, I guess. You know, uh, working on my own personal brand too. Um, so I guess that's about it. <laughs> that's <Awesome>. all. <laughs> and, and Luna, I'm so sorry, Luna's not feeling well. Yeah. I can't believe you're even oh, on. Oh my gosh, the poor thing. She um, she came home um, from school and she was sick, and she was like, "Oh, my stomach hurts." You know, falls asleep. Like wakes up and and uh, at that point we have cold medicine, you know, cough medicine. She takes a whiff of that, just everywhere. Oh. So I'm in my room because I'm like, all right, how are we gonna do this? We're gonna prop up pillows and we're gonna oh. make it work. <laughs> I love that. And it's your birthday. Happy birthday! Yay. Yay. Thank you. Oh wait, I got it. <laughs> oh my god, I'm, I'm like getting old, but. I gotta show you guys this T-shirt, so I don't know if you can read it. So nice. original words, yeah, perfect. <laughs> well, you know how like when we're getting old. Listen, I turned thirty-eight, right? And so <laughs> I'm an e-com. I can buy myself whatever I want. Like, what do you get, people? You know. So um, we actually have a a silhouette in the basement, and. Um, even though my husband isn't very involved in the print on demand stuff, he does, he's really proficient with doing this kind of stuff. But anyway, he made me a couple of cute t-shirts. Oh, um, that's a good gift. Yeah. And this one, we didn't even realize, but it has the flocking on it. So it feels like the retro 80 shirts, you know, nice. that was an accident, but I was like, Oh, you did a great job. at super eighties with the flocking. He was like, that's all I had left. <laughs> But yeah, so big 38. Awesome. <laughs> All right, Amy. Hey guys, Amy Nicholas, marketing mayhem girl, 
merchmoneymaster.com for all your research bundle needs. Um, I am like so blown away that I had my best day ever on merch of all time yesterday. Yay. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I was just like, what? Checking my dashboard this morning and because uh, I checked it at like three and then like yesterday and I'm like, oh, okay, some more sales. Cool, cool. Yeah, I was like blown away. I like doubled what I did from 3 p.m. to, you know, 5 a.m. this morning. <laughs> nice. So, I hope everybody else is killing it. It sounds like people are starting to see some big action on merch. And I think we'll have a another solid week, week and a half of some yeah. amazing yes. numbers. Yeah. Etsy is doing well. Yeah. I'm <laughs> glad I, I formulated a specific plan this Q4 with what I was going to offer on Etsy. And I've just been honing in on that, doing some nice mock-ups. And uh, the VA is running things like a tight ship over there. So it's That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. All right. Now we got our awesome guests. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Who, either one of you. Who wants to go first? You go first. Yeah, you go first. Okay. I was going to say ladies first, but whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Jay. Jay D'Souza, uh, co-owner, I guess, of the Etsy or and author of the Etsy Crash Course with Dion. Um, New to merch as far as a year, just over a year and a half or so goes, but uh, getting my feet wet there. But I'm actually blown away at how, for not having touched it in just over two months, uh, I mean, you can still sell 40 to 50 a day, 35, you know, 35 right now is a slow day, which is crazy. Um, And Etsy is easily doing the same volume, 50 uh, 50 plus a day probably right now, which is great. I expect one more week of increases and... Then maybe uh, usually it's customer emails and managing returns after that uh, for a week. And then uh, I'm looking forward to January where I can just kind of decompress. There's no time to upload new stuff or design new things right now. It's all managing orders, right? Yeah. That's it. Awesome. So Dion from Shop Boss Secrets, also co-author and co-owner of the Etsy Crash Course. Um, basically, it, it's going to sound really bizarre and kind of anti- intuitive or whatever but i'm actually really proud of myself for taking it easy this last little while like i've um like i've gone through because i i had a handmade shop for a really long time for about 10 years okay and so i've gone through the last probably four q4s of just wanting to tear my hair out crying every day because like things were just not working like, or, you know, fabric was delayed or fabric wasn't delayed. My boxes weren't coming in or, you know, dealing with crappy customers or just really mean customers or scammy customers. You know what I mean? And, um, this year, because we, we moved, we moved in September, like at the end of September, right actually, as I came to the merch conference in Seattle, we were moving. (laughs) Um, I, I shut it down and I thought, okay, well, I'm going to reopen it in October. And then October came and I thought, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) And then basically had just kind of focused on my print on demand shops instead, because I didn't really want to jump back into making everything handmade and pressing everything and shipping everything and dealing with all the crazy in the midst of um, a renovation. We're doing a pretty big renovation here at our house. So I thought, you know what, let's kind of, um, keep forward with the Etsy crash course, keep with like the print on demand stuff going and, um, and, you know, kind of just spend the time planning what I'm going to do with that shop that I've had for 10 years come 2019, because I, 
I'm clearly enjoying um, not having to be tied to my industrial sewing machine, right? <laughs> not crying every single day. <laughs> so, because uh, I think that was the thing for me. Like, I started that business um, 10 years ago in a completely different place, right? Like, just mentally, emotionally, completely different place. And it's a children's apparel business primarily. That's what it kind of started out as. And we weren't sure if we were going to have kids. So we were like, it kind of makes sense. We might. We're on the fence. Maybe, maybe not. And then somewhere along that time, we just kind of decided we weren't. And then it just didn't really fulfill me or make me happy to be <laughs> like sewing kids clothes. <laughs> and like, and then having to find, you know, kid models that I can put this on to like, check a, a size or a fit or whatever right um because i didn't have one in my house that i birthed myself to like <laughs> take photos of or check things so so yeah I'm, I'm actually super proud of myself for not having really jumped back in um i got a lot of pressure from you know people who are diehards on on that brand who were like I need stuff. I need stuff now. And I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. Come 2019, um, I am going to do a little bit of a rebrand and turn it more into a print on demand. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really kind of just enjoying the, I, I want to say ease because it's not easy. Print on demand is a lot of work and it's a lot of research and it's a lot of, you know, cutting these stuff up. But um, in, in comparison to the mental stress that I was under with the other shop, hand making everything, hand printing everything, packaging everything, you know, doing all the ads for everything, like it's it's a much more manageable um, position to be in now for sure. Yeah, I'm happy you're making this shift too because I, I did that five years ago and I, I I remember those days like packet. Not only all the tribulations you just spoke of, but even like the postal service taking a giant shit, right? It was terrible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was the thing. I, I missed all of that. By the time they went on strike, I was already closed. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> like, I have to deal with any of it. So yeah, it was good. Print on demand is awesome. <laughs> I, I When you were talking, I was like, oh my God, I, I forgot about that. Like, I don't, I haven't cried this Q4. <laughs> Like, I never made it through a Q4 without crying before. Like, it's, it was so much work. And just, like, you just have boxes everywhere. Like, for me, it was FBA. It's like, and it's just stressful because, like, you know you got to get it out fast before the prices tank. So, it's like you're, like, trying to do everything. Yeah, yeah. this has been a much nicer Q4. Absolutely. I just picture everything being, like, done. And that's calmed me down so much. I'm like, yeah. so it's going to be over, which is sad in one sense but the other sense i'm gonna take time off because i freaking deserve it and i didn't take yeah. any last year and that was a mistake so yeah and i think that was my big thing like i hadn't taken time off from that handmade business in probably like five years you know like i would go on vacation and i would still be messaging and making sure that everything was going the way it needed to go and it was like it was just i never stopped and so even shutting it down was like anxiety written for me because I was like, oh my God, I don't even know what life is like when I don't <laughs> <laughs> Your phone's like glued to your hand. Yeah. You know, and you're all what to do with yourself. Exactly. <laughs> and very quickly you find other things to do. So like with the renovation, you know, we've been, I've been doing a lot of the stuff ourselves, like and, and repurposing things and kind of like breaking things. So it's, I, I don't know if you can tell my closet's broken right there. <laughs> But, you know, it's been it's been a lot different and learning and kind of just really 
finding the space to, to be able to intuitively plan what I want to do in 2019 as opposed to just feeling like I'm constantly catching up, you know? Yes, that's so important. And I think that leads perfectly because I was going to ask you guys about your background. So what you were saying about how, you know, things change and you're, you're willing to change with it and change, you know, you're not the same person you were 10 years ago. So why do you have to have the same business? So, so talk to us about that. Like both of you, like how, uh, what's your background and how did you guys start working together? Like, so I've just always been in marketing, like corporate marketing was kind of what my background was. And, um, it's, I don't know, I didn't really like the corporate nine to five. I didn't like the, um, I, the cattiness of most corporate environments, right? Like it's, it's not really conducive to happiness in a lot of ways. Right. And so somewhere in between like my third most serious job and the last job I had, I decided I was starting, you know, this apparel company for kids. Um, and I, I mostly started it because I couldn't find what I was looking for as a gift for somebody. But then the secondary part of it really for me was I, I had a tendency to be a workaholic and in a corporation when you're getting paid salary, like they take full advantage of that and you don't get paid anymore, right? And uh, in the job that I had just left, I was just kind of, I was really just overworked and broken down, I guess. And I, I so going into the next corporate gig, I was like, I don't want that to happen to me again. So if I have this separate side hustle that I'm working, it's kind of like it forces a hard stop with the corporate stuff, right? And then it just really mushroomed. It really just grew and grew and grew. And I thought, okay, so like I can, I can do this full time. Like I could make this my full time thing and I don't have to come to this office from nine to five and sit in these meetings that I don't really need to be in where I'm not really being productive and my skills aren't being used. Like I can just make this pivot. Right. And so, um, did that, did that for, you know, four years, essentially just like I quit in 2014. So 2018 now, so just have done this full time for the last four years. And then, you know, it was really, I think like two years ago, I, I would say like Jay would know, like around two years ago where like Jay and I kind of started talking and he had already made this shift to print on demand. And I was like, oh my God, I wish I can. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, um, he's like, yeah, you can, you can do this and this and this. And I was like, how? <laughs> right? And so I started kind of, it just planted a seed because I wasn't super happy. Um, like the business by that point had been running, you know, for like eight years. And um, it was doing well in terms of revenue, but I just wasn't happy being tied to it, as chained to it as I was, right? So I started kind of thinking, well, like, what can I do? And, and it actually started with um, Printful, where had, Jay had told me, okay, like, well, you should just get a print on demand. And so I started looking and I found Printful for leggings. And it started like two years ago, I just designed some leggings to go in my shop as like a mommy and me companion set. And that blew up and I was so like, wow <laughs> you know like i didn't have to do anything i just made the design and then like have this cut and saw. It, right yeah. and it was awesome and i was just like this is addictive so i think it's just kind of finally come full circle where like i think it was probably last year early in the year where jay and i started talking about like well what can we do to help other people like how can we teach people how to have these you know, really great businesses online where the, it gives them back their freedom in a sense, right? Like where you are now your own boss, you're in control of your time and where you're spending your day and, and you're learning things and growing as a result. 
And then, you know, come June, we launched the Etsy crash course. So, you know, um, and then, and then now what we're working on is a membership site, right? So that it'll be a little bit like less expensive. You have like a monthly fee that you pay uh, and um, you'll, you'll get to essentially learn, you know, what's new, what's happening and, and essentially watch us kind of like do what we do best, <laughs> right? Uh, and kind of take some, uh, some notes from that. So yeah, I think it's just finally all come full, full circle to the point where now that I'm doing print on demand, I have all this extra time to be focusing on other areas um, that I wanted to focus on and I was really passionate about, but I was being like kind of tethered by this handmade business before. Nice. Yeah. What about you, Jay? What was your background? Um, be, be, touched a bit on marketing in, in uh, college, but uh, I've been a graphic designer my entire life before I even knew graphic design was. I was airbrushing t-shirts and stuff in high school, that kind of thing. Um, and doing ads and stuff, uh, stencil artwork all through high school and everything. Um, then I uh, took a couple of years off of uh, after high school and ended up working in a steel plant factory and realized that I, you know, not for me. So uh, a friend said that there's such a thing as graphic design, and this was in 98 or 99, 99, I think. So at the time I had never heard of it. I didn't know it was, you know, a viable option that you could actually, you know, make art and make money and not just from getting a degree in fine art and teaching it or something. But uh, so I got into that. Ended up um, leaving a little early because I got a job offer doing graphic design. So I said, sure. Ended up at a company doing kind of piecework stuff, uh, yellow page type ad, but in like the real estate presentation folders. Uh, you guys probably see them all over the place. So we were the biggest company in North America in Toronto doing them all over the States. Um, so it was there about probably five years, learned all the tools inside out, could bang out like 15, 20 ads a day, no problem from scratch and then uh found out that uh yellow pages was hiring and it was a unionized environment with a bigger pay raise so jump ship there fast forward 18 months there ended up uh managing the graphic services department at the time they were the number one publisher with i had a uh, i guess 140 direct reports which is pretty crazy for uh 18 months in um and then layoffs were coming down the pipe and i was the youngest manager on the totem pole so we got a jump ship there and got offered a job at td in the it department which uh, I spent five years at doing shift work, week of days and week of nights, like 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. and then 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Nightmare with like an hour and a half commute each way. So 15 hour days, you sleep for four hours and then you know, you're, you're just a mess. It, it really, it, bad for the soul. Um, but it was all mainframe and hard drive stuff. So it was all black screen with green and white text, completely ugly 70s kind of stuff. Um, and then I just had enough of that and you know, was kind of building up the freelance on the side. And it got to a point where I needed uh, my wife's blessing because she was amazed at how fast my freelance blew up, uh, doing logos and business cards, branding for businesses and stuff like that. And, uh, I said, Stace, I can't, I can't do both anymore. Like I'm literally, you know, working full time 24 uh, seven. And she was just worried because it, I built it up pretty good in two years that, uh, but uh, she thought, it, you know, it should take more. What You know, you read that it should take five, six years to get some kind of sustenance or whatever. But uh, it worked. I jumped ship. And from freelance graphics uh, to finding an ad and just 
picking up any kind of piecework. I ended up doing um, designs for an Etsy seller, a uh, local guy who kind of showed me the ropes, got me into it. Then I realized that, hey, man, like he's only throwing me uh, $3 for every shirt that sells. Like, what? I wonder how much he's making. And he was had no problem, right? So throwing money around. So uh, I kind of got into that. And then I ended up doing what D was doing, where, you know, you or what uh, Bree's husband did downstairs there and vinyl pressing stuff and really i mean you can make a ton of money if you want to do it all yourself but the overhead the boxes everywhere taking up your entire basement um the time so, management <laughs> totally totally like you're working around never mind figuring out how you're gonna you know rent a car because you rent a van because your car doesn't hold the boxes to take them to the post office um but you can't afford to buy anything by yours you got to rent something uh, that, I mean, that got tired fast four or five years later, I, I found print on demand. And I mean, I was blown away because with weeding vinyl, if you guys have ever done it, you're super limited from an artistic perspective, right? You can't do, um, one thing from the colors, but I mean, you can't do any distressing or anything like too, too intricate because it's too hard to weed is plucking out all the little pieces in it. Uh, when I heard of direct to garment, um, I was like, what, you're kidding me? Like, it's like a laser, printer, but on shirts. So it was, full, it was awesome for me, right? I could literally draw whatever I wanted, put it on a shirt, mind blown. Um, and yeah, that's six going on six years now of print on a man, and it's been awesome. That's awesome. What great stories. I love both of them. And just the progression and all the different stuff that you've done. It's, it's so interesting. So, well, what made you guys decide on Etsy and not um, merch? Like, why, why have you focused so much on Etsy? I think just because Jay's got a really great background with Etsy, like I've got a really great background with Shopify, like I'm a Shopify expert and partner. Um, and where I came from corporate marketing, like I know how to do a proper solid Facebook ad, Google ads, um, you know, SEO, all of that stuff. Right. So I think we just like when we were talking about it, we, we partnered up on a shop before we actually decided we were going to make a course. Right? And uh, there's been some really fun and interesting <laughs> like ups and downs along the way. Right? But, but I think mostly it's like, we just, we, we thought, okay, what's the, what's um, I guess the questions that we get a lot of the time like what is the subject area of those questions and while i get a lot of questions about shopify i think the lower hanging fruit at the time was really etsy um because you could get people who had been designing for merch and i i kind of always think of it like this it's like you design for merch and then maybe the next step is moving into etsy and then from there the next step is then hosting yourself and driving your own traffic Right. But where the first two merch and Etsy basically drive a lot of traffic for you and you can support that with like Pinterest and, and other things, um, they're lower hanging fruit. Like it, it's not such a mental leap to go from merch into Shopify. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's like a giant expanse of like, oh, I have to learn all of these other things in order to have my own Shopify versus taking all of your merch designs, putting them into Etsy, niching them down, looking at your research and kind of being successful on that forum and then taking all the stuff you've learned and moving that onto your own. Does that make sense? That makes sense, yes. Yeah, I mean, for me- Exactly what I'm doing this year. <laughs> to answer your question about why Etsy instead of merch in the beginning, for me, there, there was no such thing as merch. 
Okay. That's 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 an easy one. I've been doing that almost six years now, or just going on six years, yeah. Um, but when I found out about merch, I was like, I don't even understand. I couldn't comprehend the idea that you could make the money you could make because I, you know, I had some stuff up on Spreadshirt or um, T Public and stuff, and you're making like a buck fifty, two bucks a pop, and uh, it just and it uploading was so tedious. Merch is easy. The biggest platform on the planet, and I mean, you could at the time making like seven dollars and nineteen cents for a twenty dollars shirt, right? U.S., which is like forty bucks Canadian. So, <laughs> but like, no, you know, you're up to like ten, eleven dollars Canadian when you're at a dollar thirty-two, give or take. So it was, uh, yeah, pretty incredible to me. It felt like cheating. You know yeah. I mean? um, you're like it's too easy. <laughs> yeah, like it just seemed like it's surreal. And then, of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, you start to get on a roll and then somebody, uh, I don't know, uh, reported, uh, what do they, they do? They took my artwork, basically copied it and then reported mine for, uh, Oh my God. That's, I can't believe people do that. Yeah. So it was kind of like, what? I mean, I've had this list of Etsy for six years and you're going to say that I rip you off on Amazon, whatever. But, uh, so things happen and then, you know, stuff comes down and then, you know, you, you lose your momentum and, or they make a change and then you lose your BSR or your whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, roll in there um so i mean but still i mean anything you do if you can run an ams ad get your stuff back on top it, it just seems to snowball which is pretty impressive to me right now um no customer emails no <laughs> no dealing with anything like as fbaers do you guys have to deal with customers sometimes it's not it's not as often i mean if you if you did a uh fulfilling yourself like a lot of people like to fulfill it themselves and i'm like what is the point like i never understood the point of that like i i, I always shipped everything to fba so they dealt with mo like 99 percent of it right Every yeah. now and then you would get, an email, still get but... those questions uh, from time to time from people yeah. a lot of people don't understand who they're even ordering from when they're ordering on amazon fba they're like they don't know if it's a seller or amazon or where you know so they'll just kind of fire a message into thin air by clicking and yeah. so sometimes it'll be to you you know and then I, well and i sell um pod on amazon as well so i have a little bit of nice. some customer inquiries in there that's the seller central or vendor central or whatever mm -hmm. um it, right through seller central yeah yeah okay yeah gotta get on that too because there's no yeah that's a huge one. I just yeah. started that one too. <laughs> yeah, and that's the one that I made a little bit of a mess because it's so easy to list over there, but it's also a whole nother beast as far as their SKU system and the, and the background mapping of everything. Yeah, the parent-child variations and all that. So then you uh, go into your account, like, you know, in, in Etsy or something, you have your listings and then you have all your variations in, inside of that listing. Whereas on Amazon, I had like 14,000 individual oh, no. SKUs. So yeah. they, sh they show up okay live to the customer, but on the back end, it's oh, a hot mess. Yeah. So you know, and then, if you like you said, the prices, because I needed to change some um, handling time the other day. I was like, oh my gosh, I got so many listings now. <laughs> and then, I mean, it's powerful though, you know, in a good way. What was that? It's still that bad? Oh yeah, they're still in like what two thousand and two uh, back end kind of look. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like learn, and of course, if you've been in Amazon FBA, you learn all the little glitches and the 
the you know shortcuts and the you know don't do this and do it at this time of day like, you know, like um i don't know if you've had this happen brie where they suppress your listing because there's one tiny little thing that they don't tell you is required to fill out when you create the listing yeah. and then it'll be like oh you have here's your suppressed listings which means they're basically hidden uh report and i had some stupid uh material type wasn't selected like um it says what it is in the description it's in the right category yada, yada. because i didn't select like polyester or whatever it was like yeah. they hit yeah. a whole bunch of this this was something we learned last year through the the bumps of the first q4 with amazon and shopify integration i was just like i mean every week my va was pulling that report fixing pulling fixing yeah yeah it's it hasn't been too bad um as far as i just hadn't kept up on my inventory and i was just the, I'm just the button pusher. Like I get all excited. Oh my God, I got like 4,000 designs. Let's put them on everything. And then, <laughs> you know, like I end up with the, the one, I think I was live where I had like a pet urn and it had like, let's go out and drink some wine together. And it's like the design. And I'm like, you get a little crazy over here. So I had to. <laughs> it doesn't quite work. <laughs> doesn't no. quite work. No. Well, guys, if you, we got a lot of people that were excited that you guys were going to be on the show. So I just want to thank you guys for that. You guys have a lot of fans out there. <laughs> but there was a lot of people that had a lot of questions for you. And I know Jay has, like, he's got to go right at nine. So I want to make sure we get all the uh, questions in. And there's so many. <laughs> so let, let's start. I think you, yeah, you already answered Holly's question. Um, she was asking about pricing. So guys, if you're not in the Merch Money Facebook group, definitely join. It's linked somewhere on your page. Um, he goes step by step and breaks down how he prices the Etsy shirts and what the fees are and what the taxes are. Because a lot of people feel like, you know, by the time you subtract out all the fees, like you didn't make anything. And that might be true. <laughs> so you got to make sure you do the right pricing and, and he lays it out for you. Which actually... Can I interrupt really quickly for yeah. both um, both of you guys, um, D and J? What are you guys using? Are you using multiple fulfillment or production partners or just one? You don't have to necessarily tell us which ones, but I didn't know if you were just working with one in particular. Or we use multiple. Like Jay's got, so he's got his own separate brands from like the brand that we work on together. And I have my own separate brands as well from the brand that we work on together. So we were using a couple at least a couple different providers. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that's probably, that might be a question um, that you guys probably get pretty often is people get nervous about like, are like orders going to get all crossed and weird on the back end and they, they, the tags on the back end of this thing, make sure that they go to the right production partner. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty easy to keep straight, I think. But at the same time, I don't even really uh, use, I, I use a specific, POD, like I'll use, Shirtley's always been my guys in Toronto here, but uh, I use them for two shops. I use a different fulfillment company for another shop, and then we use Printful for our joint shop. So, I mean, um, there's not a lot of crossover that way anyway. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. easy. It was interesting. I found out that Printful knows when you have an order because they sent me an email like, oh, you got to send us the information, but I was using Print Tech as the... Um, fulfillment partner. So I was like, what is this email? I had to ask Brianna. I'm so confused. But yeah, yeah they're sees all of your back end. So they do see when you get an order. Yeah. Um, which is cool because like if if you're dealing with multiple POEs, so like let's say 
you know, both offer the same product. Like let's just, for example, say leggings are at both PODs that you're, you, you're fulfilling from, but one PODs leggings are a little bit cheaper. So you make a bit more of a profit using that person than the other one, right? If that person all of a sudden, you know, like for lack of better term shits the bed and you need to switch it over. It's nice to know that like the next provider actually sees what's happening. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, before I ask the next question, it looks like uh, Teresa, I think she had asked you Jay about your vacation too. So we got, we got to remember to talk about that, but she also sure. asked you um, when is shirtly going to be available? So that's uh, news as of about four hours ago, I guess. Uh, Shirtley is good to go. They're going to be onboarding, I think, the second week of January once they take a quick break after Christmas rush. Um, they're super diligent, and they definitely didn't want to onboard, onboard anybody without being able to accommodate 100%. So, I mean, I'm loving it right now because they're, they're, taking, they're guaranteeing Christmas orders, Canada and U.S., right up until the 17th. Nice. So, um, I mean, that's hard to beat, and they're out the door in three days, and they're in your hands two days later, right? So, uh, wow. yeah, um, Printful pricing, relatively the same as Printful anyway, but, uh, yeah, they're good to go. So if you need to, can I plug them? Or? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you can email Zach. It's I'll, I'll type it in the uh, comments later, but Zach, Z-A-C-K dot Neto, N-E-T-O, at shirtly.com. And, uh, yeah, shoot them an email. They onboard manually because they're actually, I, I, for lack of a better word, they're just that diligent. It's uh, they they want to make sure that everybody's customer service first. They want to make sure everyone's taken care of properly. So. Nice. Yep. Awesome. Tell them. Tell them. Jade told you to go over there. Or bug them. So. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, yeah, I haven't heard of that one. It's nice to. There's so many now. It's it's great to have the the flexibility and the options and everything. Mm -hmm. Are, is there anything that they um, specialize in, like any products or any? Um, like that. Uh, the, the mainstream stuff, uh, t-shirts, uh, they do maternity shirts, which I know a lot of. Oh, okay. cool. Yeah. Uh, so that's, you know, you, you kind of have a, a bit of a specific there that not many people mm -hmm. do. Uh, yeah. They used to do mugs and all kinds of other stuff and then, you know, the growing pains that way. Um, but now they're starting to fulfill uh, even for some major players in the States now. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah to keep up so they're taking some of their business and they will be adding hundreds of new SKUs to their catalog but uh for now it's the the basics uh youth t-shirts youth raglans which a lot of places don't offer um toddler tees not just the onesies um and uh they have a pretty cool shirt it's a white shirt with uh blue or i guess blue stars and red and white stripes for the fourth of july yeah. LAT brand, I think so. Nice. Yeah. So people are also asking about Guten. Do you use them for fulfillment? Uh, I saw somebody ask that before too in our Etsy group, but uh, I have never used Guten, so I can't speak to anything that they're. Me neither. I haven't ever used them. I've used it, but it's. Um, I don't think they have an Etsy. I think the Etsy integration that they mention on the website is really you listing manually. So. Like, I don't think they use the word integration. I think they say you can list our products, but they do have a Shopify app. So I've played with it. I've listed items in my Shopify store. Um, I'm not committed to anything yet, but um, definitely at least for Shopify. But, you know, you could manually test a few things, I suppose, on Etsy. And 
Maybe it'll come down the road. Yeah, no, no reason to do manual anything when we've got so yeah. many other integrations. <laughs> like, no, next. Manual, what? <laughs> we don't do manual anymore. <laughs> awesome. All right, let's see. There's so many. Um, I currently have an Etsy. This is from Starla Wilson Ross. She says, I currently have an Etsy store. If I were to put some of my merch shirts on Etsy, should I open a new store just for t-shirts or just add them to my existing store? I would well, what does the existing store do? <laughs> that, that really is the first and foremost question. If you have some shirts in there, I would say, yeah, it makes sense. But if you're selling something like, I don't know, in that store and the shirts that you're listing on Amazon merch have nothing to do with the same niche as who's buying from you, it would seem a little awkward and ill-placed to have all of a sudden a bunch of these shirts pop up in that store, right? Right. Oh, and that, that leads to another question. Like, what are you, do you guys focus mostly on having a niche store or do you say, uh, or is a general store okay? Or what are your thoughts on that? My uh, first store was a general store just because I had no idea about niching down at the time. And uh, mm -hmm. it's, it kills it every year. And I mean, for a general store, I only, I still only have 700 listings in there, not like 1700 or anything like that. Um, it kills it at Christmas because it's a lot of the novelty one-off kind of funny things. Um, but every other store shop D and I have, or I have, uh, otherwise, um, none of them have over 200 listings, super niched and they sell all day, every day. Um, awesome. you have the, the customer trust that way, right? So when people go to buy something and it's in their wheelhouse, it's in their niche, it's what they love. Um, you know they're gonna buy two or three things or come back later repeat customers uh or when tell you other people too pardon or tell other people too yeah. yeah i mean when you go to a store a brand the brick and mortar that you walk into and you see it saturated with a bunch of i don't know like kids cat shirts or rainbow stuff you know and you're looking for something a little more badass or whatever it totally devalues the you know what you were there for in the first place right so mm -hmm. you're a little less inclined to you know to just shop there and i kind of want to say about that too like i think i think psychologically like we're in a time and place now in 2018 where everyone's so used to being the center of their own universe in a sense you know what i mean like where you know we've got like the social media people who are constantly posting on social media about how awesome their lives are and look at me in this on this yacht i'm on a yacht you know what I mean? like and whatever and um, I think because of that, like I feel like a lot of brands have not actually uh, necessarily like kept up with the change as well. Like the big brands have because they have agencies and brand teams and like several layers of managers to go through that are kind of always mining the data and knowing what the shifts are and whatever. But I feel like there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of value because like even when I say, when I give people advice on general store versus niche store, you can crush it with a general store, but your general store is still in some, in fact, catering to a niche. You know what I mean? Like if your general store is catering to the upscale man and you've got nice watches in there, nice shoes in there, nice shirts in there, nice whatever, you know what I mean? It's still a general store in that like there's a bunch of different product categories, a bunch of different things that could bring somebody into that web that site. It's not just t-shirts or just hats or just shoes or just watches. Right. But at the same time, 
um, you know, it's it's niche in that you're catering to a very specific target audience. You're not looking for the man who doesn't, you know, shave for 12 days in a row or the guy who's out hunting at hunt camp and is okay, like stinking. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you're looking for a very specific, like maybe metrosexual, you know, you know, college educated, works out a lot type person who's going to be shopping that site. Do you know what I mean? And I think that that's the thing that a lot of people miss. Like, I think a lot of people think general versus niche means, you know, everything I have up in one store versus, you know, like little tiny product categories. But even for you to have a really successful general store, in my opinion, it still has to be somewhat categorized, right? Okay, very good uh, insight there. Um, Laura had a good question. She she wants to know, Laura Burke asks, is there any way to move a listing from one Etsy store to another? My plan for 2019 is to separate my Etsy into niche stores. There's no easy way to do it. You have to relist it. Um, Etsy frowns upon having the same listing in both shops, so that's a no-no, but uh, you, I mean, they're not going to, you know, detect both listings at the same time so there's no urgency there but i would suggest just listing relist it um you know it's a good chance to optimize your keywords maybe go through change uh you know your product shots your markups um see what's working use that and then start fresh um and then deactivate the other one perfect but unfortunately that, no migration or anything like that nobody makes things easy <laughs> Um, so that's another question um, about SEO. So is there uh, tips or, or tricks? Is there something different with Etsy SEO versus merch? Um, I, a little bit. I mean, I seem to do okay with merch, I think, because of what I've learned from Etsy. Um, people are there to buy, right? I feel the same with Amazon. It's not They're not really all just tire kickers. Like People go to Amazon to buy stuff because they know they order on a Monday. They'll have it in their hands on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, so all you got to do is get in front of them and all that means it's like, and then, you know, if your artwork is any decent, you got to make sure it pops up and that, you know, you're, you're using the keywords that they're searching for four or five good keywords will kill um, paragraphs of stuff. Right. Yeah. And I think that that also plays when you kind of expand from Etsy into your own brand as well. Like I feel like a lot of shop owners don't spend the time working as hard as they need to on their keywords and on their search engine optimization. And at least what I see in Shopify a lot of the time is people are reliant, like heavily reliant on social media ads, whether it's Pinterest ads or Facebook ads or whatever, to push their products in front of people. And what they don't understand is if, you know, Facebook tweaks the algorithm or if Facebook decides, oh, hey, like we know that we've got you addicted to this drug of ads and now we wanna make more revenue for whatever reason so our shareholders make more money so we're just gonna you know up the price of these things like that avenue could depending on their margins go straight at the window so if you're not kind of focusing on you know the the old tried and true like some people will say oh search engine optimization is dead and i'm like no it's not honestly <laughs> like even me doing my house renovations you know what do i do when i want to find something specific i go to google and i google it Right. And then whatever pops up there in that first page, like you're, you're pretty much guaranteed if that first not ad organic thing doesn't have what I want, I'm going straight down that first page until I find what I want. Right. So 
if you're not spending the time doing the research and learning how to get to the first page, you're absolutely leaving money on the table. That's awesome. I, I love how engaged everybody is. Like everybody's asking questions and I still have so many questions on here, but I, I want to make sure you guys t get a chance to at least talk about your, your course and what you have to offer. So I feel like we should talk about uh, Teresa's comment real quick. She said, my favorite part of your course, DNJ, is the customer avatar section. That has really helped me with my niche Etsy shop. Love it. Love hearing yeah. that. <laughs> Which is awesome to hear, because that is honestly, like, it's one of the things I feel like I get up on a soapbox about a lot of the time, is just knowing who you're talking to. Because I feel like it's, it's and, I, and I can kind of like actually reverse back to like when I first started my own thing 10 years ago and I, I was in marketing and like there wasn't a lot of talk about customer avatars and I, you kind of have this like innate I fear of failure. So you just want to be everything to everyone. You're just like, oh, I'll just have this shirt and this shirt and this shirt. And like, even though they don't all match or go together, it makes sense to have them because like they're popular, right? But it doesn't really like it's actually counterintuitive because when you have too many competing things happening in one store it confuses the customer right like it, it makes them think oh this person's just out for the cash grab they're not out to help me they're not they don't get me you know what i mean and i feel like like i said earlier i kind of touched on where society is kind of more so going in the direction of like you being the center of your universe, right? Like where everything with social media is so big and everything with um, like, we're becoming a, a in a sense more insulated, right? Like you have the nuclear families. There's, it, there's not as much community focus unless you're going out looking for the community. You know, um, I feel like now more than ever, it's super important to understand the psychology of the person behind the computer screen. Like you need to understand what this person likes, who, who they are, what they laugh at, what they think is insulting, you know? And for the people who don't spend enough time actually really thinking and digging deep to try and kind of understand who they're talking to, they do run the risk of really pissing off a lot of people, you know, or, or kind of just missing the mark over and over again and then spinning their wheels to try and grow brands that aren't really brands, you know? So, so that's the one thing, like I, I always get up in my soapbox because I think it's so important. Like once you understand who the customer is, your whole world in terms of your shop opens up because if you were just doing t-shirts, you can then start adding in companion products that make sense for that specific customer. You know, um, you can start bundling things up in a way that it makes sense for that person to buy. And you can literally see, like for me with my children's apparel shop, when I started kind of, when I really did my own customer avatar and started bundling products into like really kind of interesting product categories, I, I, I took my average cart value from, you know, $20 to 65 in under three months, right? And it was just because I understood, okay, I get what this person's here for. I get what they want. I get that they want to see a deal. And, you know, when they see that deal, it's good enough. Their credit card's coming out, period, right? And I feel like in order to get there, you have to spend the time really getting to know who that person is. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's building the brand. We're 
that's what we've been talking about the last few shows. That's our big thing uh, going into 2019. Uh, smart, smart. Everybody on Money, we're all working on building brands. So um, awesome. Well, oh my gosh, so many questions everybody has and so many questions I have. We, we'll, we'll try to keep it in, in line. But um, somebody's asking, let's see, who asked this question? Jeremy and Jen. D, for Shopify, do you think it's beneficial to have a solid blog on your Shopify store to help drive traffic through SEO? So I always say yes, if you're actually going to spend the time making a blog plan, creating the actual posts, and then making sure that you're building your following. If you have no plan, like just having the blog there and then, then posting something once every seven months or randomly doesn't help drive any traffic. Like it it just, it actually looks really stupid in my opinion. Like if I hit somebody's small business page and they've got this blog section, I'm expecting something related to, you know, whatever it is you're selling that's happening at least bi-weekly on your blog. So like if you're selling cookware, I'm expecting to see like new recipes every other week that are being pushed out somewhere that are being shared by other people that people are commenting on. Like you have to treat it like it's social media. You have to treat it like it, like you, you need to give it the respect it deserves in a sense. Right. Because it's not just like, Oh, I have this blog and I type something in every six months or every eight months or when I feel like it and hope that that brings me in traffic. That's not how blogging works and blogging in and of itself is its own complete industry. Right. So like the the shop owners or the entrepreneurs who just think, oh, let me have this blog. I can do it because so, so and so over there can do it and look at their blog. They have 30,000 followers or whatever. It's like you're spitting in the face of an entire industry because you're not spending the time giving it the respect it deserves or the research it deserves and the time and attention it needs in order to be successful for your brand. So it's, it's kind of like a double edged sword. Yes, I've seen many brands have great blogs that bring in consistent traffic and that, you know, a blog post they might've written four years ago is still bringing in traffic into their website today. They haven't touched it, you know, yeah. but like I said, if you're not going to actually spend the time doing the work and you're just kind of going to throw it up as an afterthought because you think somehow it's going to yield Peter, it's not going to work for you. It's just like anything else. Yeah. That is a really good point. I that's one reason why I just focused on merch this year because I feel like what you focus your attention on, like it all matters. So it's like, you know, now I'm adding more things, but it's like if you try to add too much, like you do a blog and then you do this and you do that, and you do you only kind of half do everything, it doesn't really have the same effect as if you're like, okay, these are the things I'm doing to drive traffic and just stick with those things until you um exactly. until you master. That's the thing with Shopify that I think some people often miss is that like when you're driving your own traffic or generating your own traffic and you're, you're trying to kind of do this from multiple angles. So like maybe you're doing social media ads, you're working hard on your SEO and you're doing a blog, right? Like all of those things you have to require dedicated time and, and just energy to, right? So my thing is if you're super intimidated by any one of those things, and you're going to kind of turtle because you feel overwhelmed by them or intimidated by them, then you need to focus on something else, especially if you don't have budget for like a VA that's good at that or whatever. Like if you're just starting out from scratch and you're, you're essentially funding this yourself, 
you know, you need to find something that you're more comfortable with that you use as your starting place. You know what I mean? And you need to get good at that and then move on to the next thing when you have the budget to maybe pay somebody who's better at it than you are. Like you need to know where your pitfalls are. Perfect. Absolutely. I'd even, you know, especially in, in the industry that we're all in with the merch, I mean, uh, just because you think it looks good doesn't mean you're a graphic designer. It's the same thing when you buy a, you know, a digital DSLR camera and you get a little, at the time you get DVD ROM with some software and it doesn't make you a photographer either. Right. Um, know your strengths, man. Like, honestly, if you know what you're good at, then you'll know what your weak links are and either outsource them or leave them till you have the time or the, like you said, the finances to, to invest some education in that way. Right. Great. Great advice. Um, while we were talking about the SEO stuff, um, one of the questions that was on the Facebook group was they were asking if anything changed with SEO. I think it was Amber. Yeah. Amber asked, did anything change with SEO? Cause she had a lot more sales in the summer and then it kind of like, it hasn't been as successful since then. So do you know of anything that's changed? We're talking about Etsy, it's SEO, right? Etsy, yes. Sorry. <laughs> so, I don't know. Like, I mean, yes, they've changed a few things, but, um, I haven't felt the pinch. I mean, I keep my business model, the way I get, you know, keyword stuff hasn't, I mean, the only slump I felt was two Q4s ago. Um, right, when they made the change from general to more specific keywords, right? Yeah, well, I think when they had their IPO, I mean, they went mainstream and that's when the biggest changes were, but like any any tweaking they've done in the last two and a half years, I, I haven't felt the pinch that way, which has been awesome. So, I mean, I don't know what, is changing for other people where all of a sudden they're feeling this cold hard stop it depends too like if they're uploading consistently right jay i mean then it kind of disappears if you don't keep uploading absolutely and being active in your shop like all of that stuff helps with your rank right mm -hmm. so it's right, like from, right from etsy's mouth they you know new listings get a push they get a bump i mean that's right from the ceo's mouth so and that's even like renewed listings too right like and and listings that have sold well you know in the past they that then go through a slump like you can revive them simply by editing some keywords maybe changing a layout of your picture and then renewing it all over again right it's just one of the things that i've been finding a lot like i get a lot of these questions about the seo and then when i ask somebody point blank okay so how often do you renew your listings i'll get oh i just renew them when they expire so they was expire after three months. You know what I mean? So that means like you haven't touched that listing at all. Oh no, I have, but I've just clicked save. By clicking save, you're not telling Etsy you've changed anything. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to renew those listings on a regular basis in order to kind of refresh in or like reinvigorate what's happening inside of your shop. That's a really good advice. Like the keywords you're saying too. Like that as simple as j literally just renewing the listing. You don't necessarily have to change stuff. Like that's the bare minimum, but you know, pick, pick three or four that are sellers that haven't sold in a day or two, renew them. I mean, I'd be hard pressed to say you wouldn't get a sale in the next two hours. That is amazing. That was Melissa Schultz's question. She said, does Etsy reward those who list regularly? So yes, right? Yes. Awesome. And that's, I think that's true with merch too, which was one of my main mistakes this year and last year was that I would just put up a listing and leave it. And it's like, it, you know, you miss so much if you don't edit it and, you know, revive it. I think, I think that helps with merch as well. So I'm yeah, you see doing that. much better with that now. 
<laughs> you know, I can go five days without listing anything on merch. And then, you know, you list 10 and then two days or 24 hours later, you have the best day you've had all week. Right. Like, yeah. Well, not even just that, but actually like editing a previous listing that's kind yes. of died out. You need like, to buy a penny or whatever. Yeah. I, I didn't do that. I, I missed that whole boat. And so now, now I've been doing it and that's been helping a lot. So, all right, let's see. I think we have maybe one more question. Um, I'm good, actually, for, good for a little while, so okay. no, no one's yelling at me yet. Uh, awesome. I just wanted to make sure that we got everybody's questions out there. Um, Paolo J, he asked, um, how do you handle taxes on Etsy? And I know we're not tax advisors or anything, but is there any like basic uh, information about that? Uh, if you're doing any kind of volume, get an accountant. Okay. Best advice there is, 100%. <laughs> there you go. Okay. You can download all the Excel files with all the breakdowns, um, but unless you're any good at it yourself, I know like this is right in Burke's wheelhouse. He's always analyzing stuff like that. So, oh, there we go. You would love it. Um, you know, he's you probably. get him on the show. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to hear that guy speak. I haven't, I haven't seen him on anything. So, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, if, if, if accounting isn't, really your forte then stick to what you're good at and get somebody else to help you with that but and i guess you, the main difference is etsy you're actually selling it on merch it's just a royalty so you're just getting a royalty but on etsy yeah, okay. you're the seller on record so does that mean that you're responsible for sales tax and things like that sure yeah you have to pay your income i think like you would anywhere right in canada but that's the thing. it all depends and that's why the answer is talk to, to your account yeah. because you know for me like for jay and i we're we're here in canada so we're a lot of our orders and a lot of our shops are american based we're not having to charge any kind of like state tax okay. right like yeah. we charge we get taxed on our income at the end of the year right um we have to pay the government whatever that might be but we're not like per order getting you know hit with like some other fee whereas I know in some states, like they want you. So, uh, for instance, like say you have a business in New York and you're shipping all across different states, depending on what states your high volume states are, you know what I mean? They might want you to open a tax account and be remitting your tax, your sales tax to that person or to that state, you know, every two months, every three months, quarterly, whatever. Right. Yeah. And we just don't know, but an accountant would know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's that's something that is ever changing. The the way every time you have a new president, they're gonna change the tax laws and everything. And and online has just been this sort of void where we don't really know because um, if you had a physical store, you would have to uh, charge sales tax for everything that you sell. But when it's online, it's like you don't even like you can't even apply to charge sales tax in some of the states. Like I was looking into it when I was doing FBA and it's like really hard if you're trying to like collect sales tax for California and Wisconsin and all these random places. Um, so the way I did it was I just I just got sales tax for Virginia because that's where my business was located. Um, and a lot of people do it that way, but again, you have to ask your accountant and you have to keep up with tax laws that are always changing because you might have to start collecting sales tax in all 50 states, which is not an easy thing to do. So you just, we can't say we're not, we're not, um, tax people. So, all right, let's see. Was there other questions in the chat that we missed? Where is the chat? Are we on the... Oh, uh, you can't see it? Um, if you... you got to open YouTube. Yeah, you got to open oh, YouTube okay. and mute it. 
Um, oh, Christina has a good question. I've seen this too. Um, she's heard that Etsy was giving better rings to stores that offer free shipping. Is that true? Rates, not rates, better um, rank. Like rank. Okay. Rank. So, yeah. was great. so I was like, damn, did I miss something? <laughs> no, <laughs> rank. <laughs> no, rank. Yes. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts on that? Do you do free shipping or you charge shipping and not worry about it? Or Yeah. So, uh, my my perspective on that is like, I mean, they're they're encouraging it. I think they were trying to encourage it for so long because people were using the shipping, or at least I was anyway. And I know a lot of other people were as a, a revenue stream, right? Because they at the time they weren't taxing or they weren't charging their five percent fee on the shipping charge. So I could charge six, seven, eight. I mean, you know, most of the shops at the time were eight above eight dollars uh, shipping, um, and I wouldn't have to pay them the five percent fee on that. Uh, only on the listing itself. So they were pushing free shipping, free shipping, work the price into your listing price. Um, and then I think they just gave up on that and decided we're just going to go 5% across the board, which is what they charge now. So it's 5% on the listing or the price into your shipping fee. So um, do I offer free shipping? Um, what I do now, this is a bit of a nugget, but. Um, what I do now is I'll offer free shipping if they buy three or more items. That way, when they search and you tick free shipping on the left, you still show up in the free shipping search results. Nice. That is, that, yeah. Everybody, make sure you listen to that. But I'm sure as hell not offering free shipping on one shirt. You're going to spend some money first, right? <laughs> that is a great tip. I, I was having fun looking at all the different ways you can do sales and different things. So it's, it's awesome. Um, Okay. Couple and it hasn't more. hurt my sales to say, do, you know, do you rank better? I mean, it hasn't hurt my sales at all. Somebody said, uh, Cheryl asked, when you have multiple shops, Etsy's, uh, Etsy, Etsy requires you to list all your shops in each shop. Where do you show this information? Do you have to list every shop that you have or not? Yeah, yes. that's an easy one. Just in your bio somewhere is, is plenty. Okay. Um, they don't have a specific place last I checked where they say to state it, but I've personal emails from Etsy legal and Etsy support saying, yep, that's, that suffices. So in your bio is plenty in your bio. Okay, great. I think we got through all the questions on the Facebook chat. That was, thank you guys so much for everybody who submitted questions and, and for everybody who's watching live and everything. I, this is, it's really great. I really appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Um, yeah, so uh, let me give you guys a chance now that you've answered all these questions. Just what what um, advice you have or what do you want to tell about what you guys are working on and about your uh, Facebook group and all of that? Well, yeah, I mean, so you have like um, the free Facebook group where you can ask any of your Etsy questions, the Etsy group. Um, the group is actually really awesome in that like we obviously are admins of that group, but you ask a question in there and I, I'd say you're usually hard pressed to wait more than three or four hours for somebody to um, start answering your question or, or kind of try to lead you in the right direction or give advice um, where somebody has advice to give, right? So. So we have that, we've got the Etsy crash course, which uh, basically if you're new to Etsy or you're even moving from merch or moving from, you know, Spreadshirt, any of those platforms, and you kind of want to know how to uh, best set up your Etsy and how to get started and starting it, start getting sales right out of the gate. Uh, we've got the Etsy crash course that takes you through everything from, you know, 
branding, um, choosing a general versus a niche, you know, how to list your products step by step. And it's not just a, a strategy, like uh, we, we marry the strategy with literally like step-by-step -step videos of how to do all of the things that we are teaching you how to do. So um, it, it's, it's kind of like a comprehensive course in that way, in that you can literally watch the video and click and point and do the exact same actions for your own listings. And then be like, you know, creating your shop essentially as you're learning. Um, Separately from that, what Jay and I are working on right now is a membership site that we'll be launching in early January of 2019. Um, we're going to start it out with, you know, a special offer, a special invite offer um, for, you know, the first certain number. We haven't really nailed down the number, like maybe the first 50 or first 100 people through the gates um, are going to get a special, you know, rate for, for the membership group. But in the group, essentially, um, you'll be getting weekly content where Either it's going to be like a conversation like this, or we'll be talking with other um, high volume sellers on Etsy. And it's going to kind of marry, you know, the how to, like the point and click how to of like promoted listings or, or whatever, um, with, you know, some expert advice that isn't just us, that is us, and then is other people maybe in different niches than we're in, maybe with different product categories than we have. Um, so it kind of just brings everything full circle for, you know, if you want jewelry or if you're selling shoes or handmade purses or, you know, whatnot, whatever it might be. Um, so that's what we're spending our time working on now. That being and you know, and Don't forget about the incentivizing, right? That's... Yeah. And that's the thing. So that being said, um, in this group, we kind of want to run this group differently, like having been part of subscriber groups before, um, Jay and I have kind of looked at things and gone like, why don't they ever just incentivize people to actually do this work? So in our group specifically with our membership site, um, there will be chances to win monthly prizes and not like rinky dink monthly prizes. We're talking, you know, like PayPal visas and <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, things that you'll actually get excited about and might actually incentivize you to do some work, <laughs> you know? So, um, so hoping to kind of just breathe some fun into it too, because I know, you know, especially when you're first starting out on a new platform or just even um, with a new product category or a product line, you can really quickly and easily get overwhelmed. Like it's something that maybe you've never done before, right? So we kind of want to incentivize you to just keep pushing forward and keep learning. The whole thing is progress over perfection. You just get better and better and better in margins. Like it's, um, I, I often hear people be like, oh my gosh, how have you built this brand? Or how have you, you know, got 70,000 people on Facebook liking your stuff or whatever, right? And it's all margins. It's all incremental little steps forward. And you build it through progress and momentum and continuing to, you know, expand and challenge yourself in a sense, right? So um, the whole purpose of incentivizing, you know, how these things are done in our membership site is to kind of get you into the mindset of progress over perfection. It's not always going to be perfect. It's not always going to be pretty. And some days you're not always going to like it, but it's recognizing those things, being able to pivot and change those things and being able to build a brand that gives you freedom. Yeah, yeah. Love it. And guys, those links are in the uh, description. So the Facebook, they have a free Facebook group and then the uh, Etsy crash course and then the memberships that will be in January. And we'll have to get you guys a, a promo code for the uh, Etsy crash course too. Okay. So. 
Yep. And then also, if you're not in the Etsy group, that's where we will be announcing all of the stuff that's going on with our membership site. So make sure you hop on over and uh, ask to join. <laughs> awesome. Well, I thank you guys so much. I had so much fun today. I'm so happy to finally get to meet you guys. I've heard so many amazing things. So it's fun to actually be able to talk to you. And um, I wish I could have met you guys at the merge conference. I had a friend's wedding that day, so I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice to be able to talk to you here. Yeah, thanks for hosting us. This was really fun. Good. Yeah. Nice. Any, anything else, Bree or, or Amy, that you wanted to ask or, or add or anything? No, just no. happy to see Jay yeah. and <laughs> D. Yeah. yeah, I I mean I could have like asked fifty million more questions and kept going on it. Like it's just, it you know, so it's just interesting stuff. So yeah, thank you guys so much for coming on. No problem. I hope, uh, and I really got to say, with uh, if you guys ever get a chance to travel somewhere and you can work it, I mean, I, I'm jealous of Amy because she's always doing walk and talks by the beach and stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. But uh, I mean, go do it. There's no reason you need to be, you know, sitting at home. Like I'm in a basement now after a month in Costa Rica, you know, three hours in the morning. And I was so jelly. I was like, oh, can I just stow away? But D, this is the next step for you, right? Like I keep, <laughs> you're a few years behind me. I keep trying to, you know. Like, that's how we have to end the show. Tell us about the trip. That's a, that's what uh, Teresa and everybody wanted to know. Um, well, so it was easy that. to, you know, the only real big expense I had was to get a laptop because I've never owned one. Um, what? Um, <laughs> 27 inch IMAX kicking around here, but no laptop, right? Um, as a designer, I always just found the screen way too small to design, but in terms of uh, necessity, I, I needed something that I would be able to use while away, and I'm sure as hell not bringing this monster. So um, I knew I wasn't gonna be doing much designing, but as long as I could get two to three hours every morning of processing orders and putting orders through, whether it's Printful or whatever POD, um, just staying on top of it. And it was the perfect time to go away was November because Every day you're making more money. Those sales are starting to climb. And I mean, it's um, manageable. You know, at five, 4.45 in the morning, the Howard monkeys come, they wake you up. Uh, at five o'clock, it's sunny out. Nothing's open till eight or nine anyway. So you're having a few coffees. You got two, three hours to sit there. It's awesome. It's what a life. Uh -huh. <laughs> incredible. And that was my first, like, like Dee was saying, you know, we haven't been away or she hasn't done her thing. My wife and I haven't been away. My wife seems to manage to go away every other year, but I haven't been away <laughs> seven years before this trip. Right. So, um, you know, go big or go home. And I thought it was going to be crazy, but it was amazing between merch and Etsy merch was kind of like, um, a good help that way. Um, but predominantly Etsy, I mean, you're making more money than you're spending that day. I can't describe that feeling like, uh, you know, instead of just sitting in my basement office here, which is a nice office, but it has no windows. Now I've decided I bought a new desk. I'm moving upstairs. I need windows. Like, you know what I mean? So it's good to recharge and you don't realize what, what else is out there. So yeah. It's so fun. And I'm, I'm so excited to go to England. So I forgot to say that too. Awesome. Like we're having a merch uh, UK conference and I bought my ticket today. So it's official. I'm going to meet all of you uh, UK, UK merchers. <laughs> So if anybody else wants to go, uh, today was a great sale on, um, uh, what's that place called? Ebates. Ebates. You get 14% back from Orbitz oh, yeah. and Expedia and all those kind of places where you can buy plane tickets. So anybody who hasn't gotten their plane ticket or hotels or whatever, um, it's, it's a good day to buy it today. So.
Well, thank you guys so much. We will definitely have to have you back on next year, uh, have an update. And maybe we could focus more on Shopify next year. Everybody will be past the Etsy step and we'll be all ready for Shopify. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing. I mean, multiple streams of income, right? Like that's, yeah. the, that's the whole goal. Yeah. All right. Well, thank because you guys. Thanks so much thanks for everybody so much. in the chat. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thank I hope you guys have a good night. Yeah, Merry Christmas too, you guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye.